podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya. Yeah. Quédense tranquilas, aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub. And start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. For Liverpool fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Liverpool videos and podcasts. Download the COP app for free now on the App Store and Google Play. And welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we are previewing the Liverpool versus Bournemouth game this coming Saturday, early kickoff, 12.30 at Anfield. Joining me once again is Jay Riley. You can get Jay on the Radio City Fan Friday talk show at the Cop HQ on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow on there. And uh, now regular with us on the Cop Table. So, Jay, how are you feeling, pal? Well, I felt better, to be honest. I mean, we've just had a, a really bad week, haven't we? And it's not really just that. It goes a little bit deeper than that. And I'm sure we'll go into it more on the podcast. But, you know, it, it's getting to the stage now where we, we really do need a confidence booster. And hopefully on Saturday that'll be the case. But, you know, we're struggling at the moment, aren't we? Certainly are. And that's uh, where we're going to start off. We're going to go back to our, our previous Premier League fixture which was against Wofford last Saturday in the uh, um, in the evening kickoff, wasn't it? And we went down to a to a three nil defeat. Very uh, very poor performance. Not not one player really come out with with any credit in that game, did they? And um, struggle for for the majority of the game. But just um, just give us your thoughts on, on the game and and where did it go wrong for us last week, please, Jay? If you remember back to the previous podcast that we'd done previewing the Wofford game, I did actually say that I was expecting it to be a tough game, a difficult game, purely because the type of team that they are, they're quite a physical side and got quite a lot of presences in their team, haven't they, in the middle of the park with Capu and Decore. And I also did mention about the live wire threats that they've got of Saar, who ended up scoring two goals and should really have had a hat-trick in the game. And Delefeu and you know Troidini up front as well, who, who hadn't scored against Liverpool, but obviously he, he is a workaholic up there, isn't he? And he, he likes to keep the centre halves honest, and you know he puts himself about, doesn't he? He's a proper target man, old-fashioned target man. Um, but like I say, I mean, I, I expected Watford to 
you know, give us a tough game, but I never envisaged Liverpool losing the game or, you know, struggling in the manner that we did. And let, let's make no mistake about it. Liverpool got absolutely battered at Vicarage Road last Saturday. I mean, I've heard people saying this result's been coming. We've not been playing well for a long time. But I, I disagree to an extent because although I think Liverpool's form has been quite poor, I didn't envision just getting a, a hiding like in the manner that we did. I mean, we could quite possibly have lost that game about 5-0. We were that bad. It's arguably the worst performance for Liverpool I've seen under a Jurgen Klopp side because even when you go back to 2015 and 16 when Klopp first took over, we had some poor performances back then. We also lost 3-0 at Vicarage Road to Wofford early on in, in, in Klopp's tenure. But that was laced with poor players, you know, players that Klopp had inherited really from the Brendan Rodgers regime. So you sort of like give a bit of a pass for that because it wasn't really Klopp's team or, you know, players that he didn't particularly want. They were in the shop window and what have you. But for this group of players... And it's a Jurgen Klopp team now. He's been here for four and a half years. Make no mistake about that. For Liverpool to put in a performance like that, for them players to churn out a performance and a display like that, it was absolutely shocking. It, it was it was really really bad. I mean, you know, you can't get away from it. It, it, it was a mystifying performance because, okay, the form hasn't been great, and people have started scrutinising now. The fact that Liverpool in the 26 Premier League victories have had 13 of them, so 50% of them have been by the odd goal. So, you know, it hasn't been vintage Liverpool this season. We've just done enough. We've got the job done. We've been like a well-oiled machine. But, I mean, we've been not very convincing in some games and just, just as I say, just done enough, got the job done. But if Liverpool were going to lose a game this season in the league, it was you were always thinking it's going to be narrow, it's going to be by the odd goal. But for us to get beat 3-0, and in truth it could have been 5, as I said before, it's absolutely mystifying what's gone on. It's almost like the teams ran out of gas, they've hit a wall. It's, it's hard to put your finger on, really. Watford caused us so many problems, it was unbelievable. I mean, in the first half, I think they had seven shots or something, Liverpool had one. In the second half, we didn't have the trouble a goalkeeper apart from a, a speculative Adam Lallana effort that hit the, hit the post. Um, I mean, Watford scored three goals. They, they had other really good opportunities. I mean, Saar should have had a hat-trick. And, and Liverpool were a shambles defensively. Make no mistake, they were a disgrace really at the back. And everyone blames Dejan Lovren for it. But even Van Dijk was poor. He got caught flat-footed at times. And, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold's back pass for the last goal. Andy Robertson as well, never tracked his man. The whole of the defence was, was awful, really, really poor. And he didn't get any protection at all from the midfield. Gini Wijnaldum had a poor game. Fabinho has come back from his injury six weeks ago. Looks a completely different player, like he's running with lead in his boots. Really poor decision-making, poor passing. I'll be seeing it again in midweek in the, in the cup game against Chelsea. Um, just offering no protection whatsoever for the back line. And yeah, I mean, Jürgen Klopp ended up choosing Dejan Lovren because Joe Gomez had a knock before the game, which was a little bit of a shock. And people were questioning why it wasn't Joel Matip. And he went with Dejan Lovren. And maybe that was down to the fact that he were coming up against Troy Deeney, who's a bit of a battering ram. 
and you, you think Ole go with the strongest centre back in terms of Dejan Lovren, but he just got he was like a ragdoll. You know, Deeney even said in the after match, didn't he, that Dejan Lovren just seemed to want to have a fight with him, and that's right up Deeney's street. And he rolled him a number of times, won headers against him. It was an embarrassing performance by Lovren, and he he, he set the tone, and he does unsettle the rest of the players in the back line, but. Even though he does do that, I mean, some of the goals, they weren't really his fault, were they? I mean, some of them stemmed from his mistakes, but there was different phases where we ended up conceding goals from. And like I say, you can't legislate for a shock and back pass by Trent Alexander-Arnold. You can't legislate for Virgil van Dijk getting caught flat-footed. You can't legislate for Andy Robertson not tracking his man. I mean, we were just a complete shambles. And like I say, we couldn't have complained if we'd have lost the game 5-0. Watford deserved their win. You know, they, they, they absolutely d- destroyed us, really. And, you know, you were hoping then, weren't you, really, that pff, there'd be a bit of a backlash and, and Liverpool would have sort of like had a little bit of a kick up the backside going into the Cup game. But, you know, that obviously wasn't the case. We'll speak about that in a minute. But, you know, that Watford performance was an absolute shocker. And, you know, it, it, it does knock your confidence a bit. I mean, Liverpool had struggled up to that point anyway. Unconvincing 1-0 victory against Norwich away from home. Lost in Europe to Atletico Madrid 1-0. Never really looked like scoring apart from a couple of opportunities. Control the game, but obviously you're coming up against a side like Atletico Madrid who are fantastic defensively. Um, the West Ham game wasn't convincing either for me. You know, went 2-1 down in the second half. Scored two goals fairly late on to, to get the points. And that's all that matters now at this stage of the season. But you know, yet again, an unconvincing performance. And then, you know, you get a hiding there against Wofford at Vicarage Road. And you're just scratching your head, really, aren't you? Thinking, how, how could it go from one extreme to the other before this mid-season break? Liverpool were riding the crest of a wave, absolutely flying high. We were on the back of, I think it was five or six wins or something on the spin, wasn't it? Um, and, and then all of a sudden now, since we've returned from this break five games in, and all the performances have been flat, we've lost our mojo. You know, the fluidity's gone, the confidence is, is obviously taking a knock as well. So, you know, it's vitally important Liverpool get that back fast because, you know, it's the worst possible time of the season to to, to run into a bit of poor form and start losing mm-hmm. games and you know, the confidence issues and all that. So, you know, we really need to get back to to form, really. But like I say, it was an absolute shocker there against Wofford on Saturday night. Yeah, I've um, I've thought about the performance and and possible reasons behind it since that game. And uh, one of the things I've thought of, Jay, is could this be um, a psychological thing with the players that they're starting to believe basically that the the Premier League's done and dusted and and that they sort of took the foot off the gas a little bit and. Thought you know what we're just gonna just gonna have a little bit of a bit of a downtime for a for a couple of games and and just try and try and nick a win and not overexert ourselves too much. Um, do you see the, the psychological approach changed at all from from the players? Well, it does appear to it has come across a little bit unprofessional, hasn't it? But you wouldn't think Liverpool would be like that. We're having Jurgen Klopp as the manager because. You know, he's the type of manager where he wouldn't accept anything like that. But it just seems to me as though the players have sort of like switched off a little bit. And you know, Klopp goes on, doesn't he? He's been saying it ever since he's been in England and being Liverpool manager that he's wanted to have a mid-season break, a winter break, because 
you know the players for you know to save burnout and and protect the the players and the teams if they want to go as far as possible in in the Champions League and you know stuff like that because other countries have it. I mean, in Germany they have a winter break, don't they? They do in Italy as well, and you know England have followed suit now a little bit. I mean, ours is a bit later than theirs. Theirs is normally around December, January time, whereas in England we've we've had our staggered, haven't we, in the February time, but. It's done us no favours at all. I mean, I think it's more about the longevity of it because, you know, further on as you kick into the season, like maybe the April, April, May time when it comes down to the nitty gritty, that's when, you know, you should reap the, the benefits of it. But Liverpool always seem to struggle when they've had a, a break, whether it's an international break or obviously now with this mid-season break. I mean, last last season we went out of the FA Cup early, so we went on we went on a, a win like a warm weather break, didn't we? And went to Dubai and stuff, and we came back, and then we were a shambles then as well, really. Not to the extent of as bad as we are now, but we drew too many games, didn't we? After that, and, and that was the problem, that was the issue. Whereas now, Liverpool, I mean, we've lost three in the last four games, and. I wouldn't say it's go as far as to say it's a crisis because the, the out of them three defeats, two of them have been in cup competitions. So thankfully, only one of them has been in the Premier League, and it's just fortunate that Liverpool have got such a massive gap from Manchester City. I mean, it's twenty-two points yet; yeah, they've got a game in hand. But Liverpool play on Saturday before they play, so we've got the opportunity to go twenty-five points clear again. Um, but that would mean City have got two games in hand, but. Like I say, it, it, it's crazy really to think that, yeah, we could go 25 points clear, but I think City played three times in the league then before we play again against Everton on the Monday night. So, I mean, it's not inconceivable to think that Man City could close the gap to 16 points before we play again after this Saturday game. So, it's massively important for Liverpool to get three points against Bournemouth. But like I say, in terms of the players, it's only natural for you to think. I mean, us as fans... We've all said ourselves, we think the title's won. So as players, it's only natural to think to yourself, you go away, have a little couple of weeks break, little holiday here and there, and, and you put your feet up and you do think, well, the title's virtually won now. So it's 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 the mentality of just, you know, you think you've got, you only have to turn up and, you know, churn out the results required to win the league. But it's not the case. I mean, we need to focus now because, you know, the last thing we want is to, drop points against Bournemouth as well and then you will start worrying and you will think oh this is a title wobble um, I don't think it's that extreme yet because it's one defeat as I say we've lost three and four but two of them were cup competitions so the holy grail this season for Liverpool pure and simply is to win the Premier League and I've seen people over the last couple of days saying well, wouldn't it be a little bit disappointing if that's all Liverpool win this season? Absolute nonsense. And and I know like Jamie Carragher even mentioned it, didn't he? I think he's talking out of his backside, to be honest, because let's be honest, right? Liverpool have not won the league for 30 years. Three zero, three decades. That's absolutely incredible for it for a club of our size. Now, last season we won the European Cup and come very close to winning the league. And it, and it, it was a case of how do you get ninety seven points, lose only one game, and not win the league? It, it's you you, you got the sense of we're never going to win it again. We're cursed. But if we were ever going to win it again, it was going to be this season because we've still got the same nucleus of the same group of players. And realistically speaking. Why couldn't we have won it this year? So Liverpool's main aim this season was to win the Premier League title and we're going to achieve that. 
barring an absolute disaster, Liverpool are going to win the league this year. So forget about the FA Cup, forget about the Caribou Cup, and even to an extent, forget about the Champions League. If all Liverpool win this season is the Premier League title, then I'm sorry, but anyone thinking that it'll be a little bit disappointing, then they're sadly mistaken because the way this this trophy is going to be celebrated is going to be second to none. We've waited a long time for this. Liverpool fans who aren't quite 30 yet, I've never, ever witnessed Liverpool winning the title. You know, fans like me and you who, who are, you know, just in, just touch 40, you know, we were, we were young kids when last time Liverpool won the league. You know, I've said it numerous times and I've said it on, I've tweeted about it and I've said it on podcasts as well. Last time Liverpool won the league in 1990, I celebrated with a chip balm and a can of cherry coke. You know, this time I'm going to be celebrating with something a lot stronger. So it's absolute nonsense and I don't care who the RX players and, and Jamie Carragher saying it'll be a bit disappointing. What absolute nonsense that is because we've waited such a long time. Of course it's enough. It's the holy grail. It's the holy grail for us as fans. Yeah, the European Cup's a bigger trophy and it's more prestigious. But for a club that hasn't won the league for as long as Liverpool, it's all about winning the league this season. Nothing else comes close. It doesn't matter. You know, let's not forget Liverpool won the Super Cup in August. We also won the World Club Cup as well in December time. So if anything, we're in the Premier League. We've done our own little treble, haven't we? So who cares about the FA Cup and the Caribou Cup and the, and the Champions League this year? Yeah, of course, we still want to win the Champions League. But what I mean is if, if Liverpool only win the Premier League from here on in to May, then so be it, because it's going to be an unbelievable celebration when we finally get our hands on that trophy. So, yeah, the players maybe have switched off a little bit, but I'm pretty sure now... With Klopp as well, you know, hopefully he'll have given them a rocket there when it comes to, to Melwood and the training ever since the game in midweek against Chelsea. And hopefully on Saturday we will see an improvement and we'll get a much-needed much three points and a confidence boost. Yeah, like you say, much, uh, it's got to be a much-needed uh, boost in confidence, isn't it? This um, this fixture on on Saturday, but just before we go on to that, Jay, just a little uh, recap again of the of the Chelsea game that we have touched on on briefly. Um, wasn't much of a, an improvement, I thought, on on the Watford game. Yet we did create chances in the first half. Where we had them three in in the box in the very short space of time, and maybe should should have done better and and, and nicked the goal there. But um, I thought again we was poor and, and Chelsea probably deserved uh, the victory and and without the FA Cup, like you say, it's not much of an um, doesn't it's not going to bother us too much because the fact is that we want this Premier League and and that's that's the be all and end all for for the fans and you're quite right in what you're saying is if, if that's all we win then then so be it because. 30 years is, is a long, long time for to, to not win a, a league trophy, especially for a club uh, the size of Liverpool. So, um, just a little recap of the of the Chelsea game for us, please, Jay, before we move on to Bournemouth. Well, yeah, I mean, I did say on, on other podcasts about this that it was a terrible draw, really, for Liverpool getting Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge because... I mean, I know Chelsea aren't the team of old, but still, it's still a tough place to go, isn't it, Stamford Bridge? And... You know, what you've got to analyse is you've got to think about the fact that Chelsea, obviously a, a team over the last decade or 15 years or so, that are so used to winning trophies. And this is the only trophy that they can win now this season because, you know, they've got to fight on Avenue for, to get in the top four. And in the Champions League, they're effectively out because they lost 3-0 at home to Bayern Munich. So they were always going to select a fairly strong, strong team 
stronger than Liverpool's team. I mean, I, I was a little bit surprised by Klopp's team selection, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, Van Dijk and Gomez centre-half, and then Mane played, didn't he, as well? But there was still quite a few players missing, wasn't he? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Trent alexander Al never played, Alisson Becker never played, um, but obviously missing Jordan Henderson through injury anyway, and Sal and Firmino were on the bench. So he did give the, the opportunity again to the likes of young Nico Williams, as well as Curtis Jones. And you know, to be fair, they were arguably two of our better players on the night. I mean, Nico Williams is not a great defender for me. He's very similar, a carbon copy to Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's really good going forwards, but quite poor defensively. And, you know, that's the thing. He got exposed a little bit, to be honest with you, on the night. And Curtis Jones at times looked a little bit anonymous. But, you know, when you look at your inner midfield with Fabinho and Lallana, he probably did at times. Be, he was the most creative and, and looked like the only one out of, out of the three that you know probably could come out of the game with any praise, even though at times he did go missing, but it's difficult for him to shine in, in in a game like that, of that magnitude on that stage, because as I say, Stanford Bridge is a tough place to go, so he showed signs that he, he's a good player, but he's still only a young boy, isn't he? And I thought like the likes of Lallana and in particular Fabinho were, were absolutely shocking, I mean Fabinho since he's returned from his injury, it's like he's a completely different player. As I said before, it's like he's got lead in his boots. He is, I mean, he was at fault for the first goal, wasn't he? I mean, it was a shocking goalkeeping by Adrian because he went through him. He should have done better. But what was Fabinho doing, giving the ball away in, in, in the area that he did? And you know, a speculative effort by Willian and, you know, poor goalkeeping by Adrian who just saved us prior to that. So, you know, in the first half, Liverpool did create opportunities though. I mean, Sadio Mane could have easily had a hat-trick and, as you quite rightly say, we had that mad scramble in the box where I think we had three opportunities all rolled into one and the ball just wouldn't go in. And I said, I put a, put a tweet out when that happened. I said, it's just not, not happening tonight. We're not going to score. And lo and behold, you know, I think there was about an hour left at that stage and we didn't score, did we? So, you know, you just knew it wasn't going to be our night even in the first half. But I thought uh, it, was, it was quite even first half. I mean, we had chances, they had chances. It was end-to-end. -end. It's quite an entertaining game. The second half was a disgrace again, a little bit like at Watford. I mean, I don't even think we had a shot on target in the second half. Made a few changes, brought Salah and Firmino on towards the end, but never really threatened. Firmino had a header, that was about it. I mean, Chelsea could have eased him. It was a, it was a fantastic goal by Ross Barkley, but again, really poor defend, defending. We just backed off and backed off and, you know, it was a good goal. You can't take that away from the lab, but it was poor defensively from Liverpool. But let's be honest, after that, I mean, he had numerous chances to beat us four or five again. So Liverpool lost 3-0 to Watford and 2-0 to Chelsea. We could argue it being on the end of two 5-0 defeats. That's how bad we've been. And what was a little bit more alarming for me in midweek against Chelsea was it was the centre-half pair and the Gomez and Van Dijk as well. And and it's just like we've fallen off a cliff. It's It's really bad. And, you know, when you think you can't really turn form on and off like a tap, I mean, Liverpool tend to struggle after breaks, as I said before, but it normally takes us two, maybe three at an absolute push to find our mojo back and get the cohesion back in the team and the rhythm and the tempo. This is five games now, and that's why people are probably dramatising it a little bit and saying it's a crisis. I mean, that is extreme to say a crisis because, like I say, the, the, the thing from my point of view is it's all about the league for me, and we've only lost one league game. So thankfully... As much as I don't like losing any game of football, 
two of them have been in cup competitions. So as I said before, it's it's the league is the main aim, and we've lost one game there. But I, I must admit, I was expecting more of a reaction in midweek against Chelsea. And let's not forget, it wasn't a full strength Chelsea team. I mean, they had Jorginho on the bench. They had Kante missing through injury. They had Abraham missing through injury. Hudson Odoi, Pulisic. I mean, it's mad to think that they had quite a lot of injuries. And they, they battered us really again as I say second half was just embarrassing really um, and but look we've got to lick our wounds and just get on with it and move forward now without the FA Cup we're not going to be winning that you know the Champions League we've got a tall order as I say because you know we've got Atletico Madrid who, who we didn't get an away goal so you know they're probably one of the best defensive teams in Europe in world football even so you know, Liverpool them coming to Anfield. I mean, there's nothing to say we can't beat them 2-0 or you know, get through with what we need. But my fear is if they get an away goal, to expect Liverpool to score three goals against that defensive team. This is not a fragile Barcelona. This is a well-drilled Spanish team who are so used to playing a certain way under this manager and have done for, for what, six or seven years now. So, you know, if they score an away goal, we're in trouble at Anfield next week. Make no mistake about that. Um, but like I say, when it comes to, to the league games and stuff now, this is the main focus now. The, the biggest game for me is Bournemouth at home on Saturday because forget the Champions League. Liverpool need to get back to winning ways in the Premier League. We, need, we still need maximum of four wins. Three might do it, but four wins is the target and the aim and, and let make no mistake about it on Saturday at home to Bournemouth Liverpool need to get these three points because you know people will start wobbling a little bit and you know it's massive this game on Saturday make no mistake about that okay cheers Jay right hey imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now you should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium so try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker self-advertising platform it makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands regardless of the listening app they use visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub that's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way yeah, and looking forward towards that Bournemouth game now. Obviously, um, we've played a similar formation, haven't we, for throughout the season, the, the 4-3-3 with, with the front um, three of Salah Firmino and, and Mane. But do you see this um, as a chance for, for Klopp and, and his backroom staff to try and change it around a bit? Um, I know there's, there's been a few... Um, Things labelled that as as if like teams have sort of trying to have worked us out like let's go Madrid started off didn't he by putting a lot of men behind the ball and soaking up with the pressure and and things like that and then Watford done something similar didn't he had a lot of men behind the ball um, and hit is on the counter attack so is this a, an option um, for Klopp and the backroom staff to try and change things or maybe go to a four three two one and 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 change the formation Jay. Quite possible, isn't it? I mean, something's got to change because we're in poor form. So whether that be a system change and, and obviously a personnel change, then, you know, something's got to give, really. I mean, since Alexander-Arnold, I'm sure, will come back into the side. He missed out the game in midweek against Chelsea in, in the FA Cup. So he'll come in at right back and just got to have to persevere, aren't we? I mean, Gomez and Van Dijk have done so well together. I think they kept 10 clean sheets in 11 games. So... Yeah, you were poor against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, but 
you know, you're going to keep the faith with them because that's that's the mainstay, isn't it? The centre half pair and Alison Becker will return between between the sticks for Adrian and Andy Robertson will be left back again. And as ever, it's always the the, the midfield dilemma, isn't it? I mean, who, who's the midfield three going to be? And and there's certainly clout to say that Fabinho needs to to be dropped out the side because he's been in shock and form. He's been terrible, really. Um, Jordan Henderson's not going to be available for the game, but I think James Milner potentially could start this one. But then Naby Keita's back from injury as well. You know, as frustrating as he is, you know, he's a type of player that can make things happen, can't he? So, you know, it's few and far between when he does do it. But like I say, maybe he could get a start. And of course, Oxley Chamberlain didn't start against Chelsea. So, there's always the possibility Oxley Chamberlain could start as well. And it could be a system change. It could be like a 4-2-3-1 and maybe put Salah up top and drop Firmino deeper. I mean, it's quite remarkable, isn't it, that Roberto Firmino hasn't scored a goal at Anfield this season. I mean, it's incredible. I, I mean, is it 16 or 17 games now when he hasn't scored? That's just absolutely unbelievable, really, isn't it, when you think yeah. about it? So maybe a little bit of a system change and you know, drop Firmino a little bit deeper and put Salah up top and, and, and you know, maybe have Oxlade-Chamberlain on the right, Mane on the left and go from there, really. But it's certainly a dilemma for Klopp because he'll be working on things at Melwood now and in training trying to, you know, to figure out what, what type of scenario, what type of formation, what type of team selection, what personnel to choose because, you know, like I say, it, it's, it's one of them situations, really, where... You know, it's hard to put your finger on. I mean, Liverpool this season at Anfield have been very efficient, just you know, getting the job done, shall we say. I mean, we haven't really we'll give a few items out, but a lot of the time it's just been just done enough. But teams in my mind who have come to Anfield, quite a few of them have just they've already been beaten really before, you know, the, the beat before like they go on the pitch because it's it's that aura that Anfield's got. And and under Klopp, I mean you know, the last team to beat Liverpool in the league at Anfield was Crystal Palace in April 2017. You know, we're, we're getting close to three years now since the last time Liverpool lost at Anfield in, in the Premier League. It, it's it's a crazy st- statistic, really, isn't it? But it's testament to how good we are under Klopp at Anfield. It, it's amazing, really. So I'm hoping, anyway, on, on, um, on Saturday that Bournemouth are the type of team they should be tailor made for Liverpool. You know, they should be ripe for Liverpool to to gain a little bit of confidence and build a bit of momentum and get a you know three points really because they're down there in, in the relegation zone. I think aren't they? Are they fourth from bottom, but they might even be in the bottom three now. I haven't really looked at it properly, but yeah, I know they've bottom, yeah. yeah they've had a really poor season, haven't they? I mean, I think Eddie Howe's a lucky boy. I've said it a few times in our WhatsApp group. I've neither. You know, people go on about the injuries they've had this season. And yeah, they've probably had like five or six injuries to players, some good players. But that's no, that's no excuse for me because all clubs and all teams get injuries. And, you know, we, people say like, oh, little little Bournemouth and he's worked on a shoestring budget, but he hasn't. I mean, we've seen ourselves that the, the money that he's spent on some of our players that haven't been deemed good enough for us, like Solanke and Ibe and Brad Smith. And they've made some other big signings like Billings from Huddersfield and, there's been a few more as well. Lerma, another player in midfield for them. 
you spend quite a bit of money, Eddie Howe, when you think about it, and they're a really poor team. They've always been easy to play against because they're really open, and all you do is play football with you. So it's easy on the eye, but you know they give you a chance. I mean, Liverpool tend to beat them three or four nil quite a lot, don't we? We've put quite a lot of goals past them in the past, and I can't see that changing on Saturday, regardless of our poor form. I think these are these are tailor made for us, and it's probably the perfect team to play against. The only thing. Downside about it is the fighting for the lives still, and and it's always a dangerous time to play a team who uh, in the relegation zone fighting for the lives because every every point or every every victory is vital for them, isn't it? If they normally Bournemouth are like in mid table, aren't they? So the season's virtually over at this point of the season with ten games to go. They're safe and they're never going to threaten for a, a European place. So they're, they're normally smack bang in the middle of the table, nothing to play for. So it's a, an even easier game. Whereas this time around, they are fighting for their lives. So that's the only little fear in my mind that you just never know. The, these players that might be, you know, have the flip flops on ordinarily other years. This time around, they're probably not going to be the case because they're fighting for their lives still. But like I say, they're a poor team. And I think they lost nine out of the 10 games or something recently. And they've had a little bit of an upturn in the, in the form. But they're a poor side, simple as that. They've got a few players there who, who could be goal threats with like Josh King and Callum Wilson but Harry Wilson's been one of their best players this season on loan for Liverpool and he can't play because he's only on loan there so you know that means that that's one star player they're going to be without at the weekend against Liverpool I mean Ryan Frazier will probably come into the side and play and he has had quite a few assists hasn't he over the last couple of seasons in the Premier League but you know you look at their team to our team and regardless of our form you know, whatever team Klopp decides to go with, and whether he does have a system change to a four-two-three-one, so be it. I mean, we should certainly have enough to, to turn these over on Saturday. Yeah, and it'll be um, like you say, it'll be interesting to see who he does go with the in the midfield. There's an option there also, isn't it, to, to put Wijnaldum into the role that Fabinho plays in the six. He's he's done that before with possibly Cater and Chamberlain at the side of him. So yeah, lots of. Um, Lots of options for, for Klopp to choose from, and uh, that'll definitely be a, an interesting one to to see what he goes with on uh, on Saturday morning. So yeah, just before we uh, we go, Jay, do you want to give us your score prediction and your reasons for that, please? Well, well, well immediately after we lost to to Wofford, I do a, a predictor thing in work with all the lads, and like I, I send it out every Monday and stuff, and. I, <laughs> I was. I thought to myself, you know what, Bournemouth at home, as I said before, perfect opportunity for Liverpool to redeem themselves, get back on track, gain a bit of confidence now. But you know, going to, towards now and the end of the season, bit of momentum going into the game against Atletico Madrid. And, and, and initial prediction was a five niller, the way I predicted against West Ham. And then obviously the West Ham game when I predicted that five nil didn't quite turn out to that what I expected to and. You know, West Ham were unlucky really to, to not get a point from the game. And you know, they did take the lead to go 2 1 up, didn't they, in that game as well? So I sort of have tapered expectations really going into this game against Bournemouth. And then, of course, we had the shocker against Chelsea. And I thought to myself, you know what? You would have thought that the Watford game would have been a bit of a kick up the backside for some of them. And, you know, they'd want to have a point to prove against Chelsea. And again, but for like 20 minutes, 25 minutes in the first half, it wasn't the case. In the second half, he was shambles. 
Um, and this is where it comes down to it's not easy to turn form on and off like a tap. And, you know, no matter what, it's all about just getting the three points on Saturday against Bournemouth. And however it comes, whether it's 1-0 or 2-1 last-minute winner or whatever, one in off the referee's backside, it doesn't matter. We just need the three points. But like I said before, Bournemouth are the type of team where the right party for you, the, the they are tailor-made. There's no two ways about it. They play football with you. That's the way Eddie Howe's teams play. And, and it's it's normally a good, open, entertaining game of football. They're not the type of team that's going to try and kick it off the park. They're not the type of team that's going to be physical with you or bombard you with set pieces. They, they're going to have a game of footy with you and that's right up Liverpool Street for me. So, on that basis, I just can't see. I don't think they've got any other way of playing. You'd only know one way. And that one way, Liverpool tend to beat them 3 0 all the time. So I just think the same is going to happen again at the weekends against them. I just think, you know, there's a, there's a, there's an argument to say that they might score a goal because, as I said before, they've got the threats in Josh King and Callum Wilson and Fraser can you know pop up with an assist or two. So there is an argument to suggest that they could score, but I just think they're going to be working on things at Melwood and they're going to be determined to turn this around and. When you've got the spine of the team, I mean, Fabinho's been in poor form, but you know, when you've got Fabinho in midfield and you've got Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dijk centre-half and you've got Alisson Becker between the sticks, we should be fine. You know, They shouldn't be scoring against us. So, as I say, even though I've been a bit down and, let's be honest, we've had two really shocking results and performances, I can't see anything other than a Liverpool victory on Saturday. I really can't. I mean, half 12 kickoffs don't do us any favours. The atmosphere is normally a bit flat, but I just think there's no excuses. We have to be right up for this game, and Liverpool, as fans as well, we've got to act as the 12th man, there's no doubt about it. We've got a title to win. We're so close to this now. We're so close to the Holy Grail, and there's no excuses on Saturday. We've got to go out there and put in a performance, and and, and as fans as well, we have to. And I just see Liverpool running out comfortable winners, so I'll go for a 3-0 Liverpool win. 3 0 victory prediction from from Jay there. Okay, yeah. My own thoughts on the on the scoreline. Like Jay says, yeah, it's an early kickoff and it's it's not the the best of times for us. People are still obviously getting in from the night before and there's a lot of people still um just waking up. But yeah, they need to be the fans need to be on the ball this uh, this coming Saturday and, and get right behind the team because obviously like he says as well that we're so close to this this Premier League title now just need four more wins providing Manchester City don't uh, drop any more points that is so yeah it's it's very very close it's within touching distance and the team now needs needs to regroup get themselves back together I'm sure they've done that in at, at the training ground this week I'm sure there's been team meetings and there's been been one or two ideas throwing about and where they've gone wrong and I'm sure Klopp's um, had a lot of input and the things on the training ground this week will will go towards what will hopefully happen on on Saturday so yeah like Jay says as well Bournemouth usually come to Anfield and, and they are usually on the, the receiving end of a, of a few goals, a three 0 scoreline is something that, that I'd I'd agree with. Just because Jay said that, I'm going to go with a I'm going to go with a four one victory for Liverpool in this game. And um, like he said, possibly Bournemouth could sneak a goal from a set piece or something like that. We haven't been great defensively, really, have we? So I'm going to go with a with a four one victory for Liverpool in this in this fixture. Okay, just before we go, I say a big thanks to the LFC. Day trippers, Gavin, uh, the lads over there for putting out our podcasts on the on their 
platform and all the editing they do. Big thanks to the at LFC. Uh, sorry, big thanks to the at Liverpool online Facebook, Instagram, Twitter page that puts out our our podcast and also the the cock.com app. You can get all our our pods on there as well now. Uh, don't forget to to keep up with the the No More Knives campaign. That was something that was brought home closely to us this week. One of the one of the the lads who who's been on the podcast with his band, the Kairos, who, who we played that last season or the season before, was it was involved in an, in an incident in, in Liverpool and unfortunately was the victim of of the, of some knife crime and has been in hospital. But thankfully now he's he's been released and is is on the mend. But yeah, good luck, good luck and best wishes to to Tom from the Kairos who 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 sadly was involved. In, in an incident in Liverpool City Centre last week, so very important to keep up to date with the with the No More Knives campaign. And Paul Bentley and everyone over there is doing doing the best he can to to try and uh, um, try and eradicate this this problem that's that's happening at the moment. So yeah, thanks everybody to, for listening to the the Cop Table podcast. That's the Liverpool versus uh, Bournemouth podcast all done and we will be back uh, next week be after the Atletico Madrid game with our, our next Premier League uh, preview so thanks everybody for listening and uh, speak to you all very soon goodbye some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside and some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package but that all changed when I got my Honda SUV It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Sports Social Podcast Network.